You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome along to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Hope everything's going well since you last joined us here on the show. My name is always Colin Kelly. show is always brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. And you can find us on Twitter at OvertimeIreland. Um, obviously, the interesting week in week nine, all the stuff going on. A couple more injuries, unfortunately. Obviously, Dion Lewis out for the rest of the season, and Andrew Lux picked up an injury with a lacerated kidney. Lots of other stuff going on, but we'll be talking about that all on today's show. And today's guest is going to be Carl Sapchek of DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Always love getting Carl on to talk fantasy football, dynasty football, and just NFL in general. Always fun talking with him. We'll have him on just a little moment. Since we last talked, uh, hopefully you've been having a good time. Hopefully you've enjoyed the NFL Week's action. Hopefully your team done better than my team. I know we have a lot of Packers fans out there, obviously listening into the show as well, but unfortunately the Packers are picking up another L this week. We want to get that W back on the board, and uh, with the Vikings picking up a win, we'll be talking about that in a little bit as well. With the Vikings picking up a win, all tied atop the division, so it's going to be interesting for the run and Still, hopefully the Packers can pick up things as we go forward and uh, go and win that division. We'll see how things go there. The Lions coming up this week at home. Lambeau has been very, very good to them recently, so hopefully it's a, a win for the Packers. Usually the show comes out earlier in the week, usually the recap and then the preview. This show will be a mixture of both. It will be a recap and a preview. I don't know what we can... Can we turn that into one word? A re, uh, no, review's not going to work. It's going to be the same thing. Man, recap's not going to work. It's going to be the same thing. So this show's going to be a mixture of both. I'll be doing a, a purely a preview show later in the week for week 10. So uh, we'll do more of that later, but we'll be recapping and previewing a little bit in this, talking all things fantasy football. So let's get straight into it. Let's get Carl on the show now and... Uh, Let's talk some fantasy football. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Joined now in the Overtime Ireland podcast again by Carl Safchek of DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Always love getting him on to talk all things fantasy football, and I'm sure today's show is going to be another fun one. So, Carl, as always, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, always good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it's always good coming on, but I don't know if it's going to be always good talking about the first game we talk about here. I know you're a Washington Redskins fan, so <laughs> we're going to start off with the Washington Redskins here. They they played the New England Patriots this past week, uh, losing out in Foxborough. It was always going to be a tough assignment for the team, and uh, you know the big news though coming out of this one is the injury, obviously, to Dion Lewis, who is out for the rest of the season. A big blow to fantasy football hopes for many people out there because he came from complete, really obscurity this season and has developed into you know he was so dynamic, uh, really breaking ankles every time he got the ball so uh, he was a player I actually traded for last week thought I got a great deal now it looks like a terrible move so there's a lot of people in that same boat uh, both in dynasty uh, of course you'll get him back next season but in redraft if you were trying to make that push for the playoffs trying to win a championship so out of this game uh, I think the result was what we kind of expected to happen um, but the big news is Dion Lewis your thoughts on the the uh, New England backfield going forward yeah well as you said I mean we we saw what we thought we were going to solve for what we thought we were going to see for the game, obviously, uh, it looked like it would be a blowout. It was that. Um, it was probably not even as close as the score indicated as the Redskins scored a late touchdown. Uh, as far as Deion Lewis, yeah, that's sad. He was definitely one of the more elusive running backs. As you mentioned, you said dynamic. I like that word. He was definitely a dynamic runner, um, and it's and it's sad to see that because he came out of complete obscurity and just and was setting the league on fire. And like you, I recently traded for him, so... Uh, he doesn't have any redraft value, as you mentioned, but moving forward in Dynasty, I, I usually sit, sit, sit down and do my rankings on Friday nights, and um, which I will be doing soon, this coming Friday night, and uh, I, I, I'm obviously going to move him down. I was, I think, the highest ranker at DLF. I had him as my Dynasty running back four behind Gurley Bell and Devonta Freeman. Um, obviously, he'll be taking a step back as he won't be playing anymore this season. And with the instability of the New England backfield, it's tough to know what he'll be going into next year. Uh, I still, I'll still have him as a high RB two probably though, because I, I really like his talent. I think he showed that he was transcendent enough to get touches in a Belichick backfield consistently. Um, so hopefully he can do that moving forward. As far as the rest of the team, it's really hard to say. LeGarrette Blunt is going to be getting his touches, as we all predicted he would. Uh, Brandon Bolden's came in and played well in spot duty, and, and it seems that maybe they'll be promoting James White as well. So it's really going to be like the prototypical Belichick backfield at this point. Just You're not going to be able to figure it out. Because, I mean, Deion Lewis was startable every single week pretty much. So he, he, he defied all Belichickian laws, and mm-hmm. it's – going to go back to being that 
that old Patriots backfield, I believe. Yeah, he came in and took over that Shane Vereen role, obviously, and he actually was doing it better than Shane Vereen had over the last few years. So he had kind of hurt Blunt's value. People thinking coming into the season that Blunt was going to be the workhorse. Maybe they go that way, but you mentioned James White. He was a healthy scratch last week, but he has filled in in those games that Lewis was out. And obviously Lewis was getting the, the third down work as well, getting those catches out of the backfield. So we'll see what happens there with the rest of the, the situation. But obviously a huge, huge blow. And just a point on a couple of weeks ago, he obviously signed a, a contract extension with the Patriots after being signed off the street in the preseason. A lot of people at the time questioning you know, why did he settle for that amount of money? He could have got more, but I think at around the time, I think he might have got, was it 800000 guaranteed? And when you're looking at a player, you know, that hasn't made any money in his career, you have to take that money when it comes up. And, you know, if he had to wait it to now, he probably would have got absolutely nothing. So people wonder sometimes why players take these deals, and this is probably the reason they do. Absolutely. If you're a running back, these type of things happen. So it might have been the smart move. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. On the Redskins side, obviously, uh, Reed, uh, the tight end, having a, a nice season. The big worry with him, both in uh, redraft, but definitely in dynasty, is the concussion injuries uh, or the co- concussion issues over the past number of years going forward. That's a worry, but uh, very, very effective as a tight end at the moment in fantasy football. And Deshaun Jackson coming back in uh, wasn't really used as much. I thought he might have got some garbage time points, and this didn't happen that way. But going forward, you're thoughts on uh, Deshaun Jackson I think you know he, he made some comments after the game about not being able to call plays to get himself the ball but going forward I'm sure they're going to use him a bit more in this offense yeah I think those comments were taken a little, little bit out of out of uh, context and and I mean he hey, he said it so um I mean hey if, if a wide receiver doesn't want the ball more then I don't know if I want that wide receiver yeah. on my team anyway I mean that's just that's just the life of being a wide receiver um as as Jay Gruden stated, uh, with Deshaun missing a lot of OTAs and with him missing the first uh, eight weeks of the season, it's tough for them to really get him involved right away. I think he's going to be fine long term. Kirk Cousins is really playing good. I mean, he really, really is. The team around him is doing nothing to show the rest of the teams in the NFL that he is playing good. But I think they had eight drops yeah. on Sunday. So I think Deshaun coming back is going to do be well and and Jordan Reed is doing exactly I, I went on a lot of shows in the offseason and said you know that Jordan Reed may absolutely be hurt and may not be in your lineup but if he is in your lineup he's one of the best tight ends in the game yeah. and he's showing us that so at least fantasy wise one of the best tight ends in the game he's kind of a liability in the blocking aspect in real life but in fantasy he's one of the best tight ends at least pure ball catchers so I mean, I like I liked him as a cheap buy early in the off season uh, because I knew that if he was on the field, he would be putting up points, and and he's proven that he's proved both aspects of that. Yeah, he's yeah. proven that he can't stay healthy, and he's proven when he's in the game that he's he's a good scorer. So, yeah. uh, and I would expect that moving forward. I wouldn't if you told me should I start Jordan Reed in Week 14 against the Cowboys? I don't know if that's who they play, but I'm just yeah. putting it out there hypothetically. I would say. I don't know because he'll probably either put up 30 points or he won't play. But yeah. usually a good thing is you, you know that ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he can stay injury-free. He's a player I really like watching. So hopefully he stays injury-free for the rest of the season going forward as well. Uh, definitely one of the, I mentioned dynamic earlier. I'm going to use that again. Uh, tight ends. Yeah. He's not great blocking, as you mentioned, but you know Jimmy Graham is neither. And if you use him effectively, he's obviously a very effective weapon in the passing game. Uh, next up for the Redskins, they play at home to the, the new Orleans Saints. And next up for the Patriots they have a game against the Giants and they're at the Giants which is an interesting one because they are unbeaten at this stage of the season and you know you know if you're looking for a team that kind of has that little bit of a hoodoo over them it is the New York Giants so we'll see what happens there we'll be talking about the Giants in a little bit you mentioned there uh, you know players wanting more of the ball I mentioned to Sean Jackson wide receivers wanting more one that did want more and he has had his injury issues this season is uh, Sammy Watkins of the Buffalo Bills he did get more this week and he uh, finished the game with a career high 168 yards on eight receptions and he had a, a phenomenal uh, 44 yard touchdown catch from Tyrod Taylor which you know really sealed this game um, a blowout win for the Buffalo Bills the Dolphins really now uh, out of the playoff contention in my opinion and the Buffalo Bills still in the hunt for the wild card uh, were you impressed with Watkins' comeback in this? I sat him in a couple of leagues because there was rumours coming out that he was going on a pitch count so, but going forward I'm happy with the performance overall Yeah absolutely and if you follow me on Twitter or follow any of my work you know that I'm a huge Sammy Watkins fan um, it was good to see him come back what's, what's really amazing I think out of this performance is they only threw the ball 12 times and he, he saw eight. 
he had nearly yeah, he, had, he had nearly all of their yards receiving in this game. I think. Yeah, he had he had two thirds of their of their yeah. Actually, a, a fun stat I I heard today uh, on the Around the NFL podcast. Yeah, I heard it. Too. <laughs> it, it <laughs> yeah, he had more yards receiving than the team had net yards passing. Is that mm. correct? Is that the same one? You yeah, were yeah, yeah. Which is amazing, but they're targeting him. They targeted him eight times on twelve passes, and and he caught all eight targets. I I think he's one of the most amazing young wide receivers in the game that doesn't get enough credit. Now, granted, he plays for a team that hasn't had a great quarterback play last year, and this year Tyrod Taylor's been okay. He's yeah. been he's been pretty good in his in his limited passing. I mean, they're not they're not throwing it fifty times like Drew Brees and Matt Stafford do, but. In his limited action as a passer, he's done well. Um, but just as a pure player, as a pure wide receiver, I love Sammy Watkins. I I said all during the off season that I still would have taken Sammy Watkins over Mike Evans in uh, in the NFL draft and in Dynasty. I, I yeah. never had Watkins rank under Mike Evans, and I think we're kind of seeing that with Mike Evans. Conversely, where he's getting all the targets in the Tampa Bay offense as well, but he's dropping half of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a very, very inconsistent player, and we saw this even last year where he was dynamic. He was amazing. He put up these great fantasy stats in three games back-to-back-to-back, and the rest of the season he was basically a wide receiver four. So, I mean, you're going to get that inconsistent play with Mike Evans, and and with Sammy Watkins going back to him, I, I think that if he can stay on the field, he's he's one of the great young talents in the game. Yeah, I've actually written down about that Bucks game, and again this week uh, Evans had a lot of drops. Sammy Watkins has his injuries this year but you know I don't think the injury people call him injury prone last season he played true games with you know rib injuries the whole season and he had bad quarterback play and still put up the the stats and this year again you know when you see how explosive he was coming back off that injury in this game particularly on that 44 yard catch that I said that you know you see it from his point of view beats the man at the line of scrimmage and his tight coverage he puts up his hand he's ready he's, he wants to make that play it's not like you know some wide receivers you think they're not going to go and try and make it he's going to try and make that play and uh, you mentioned as well with Watkins uh you know he's not getting as many targets as the likes of Mike Evans is getting, so definitely uh, one. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a player that can propel a lot of teams to fantasy championships this year. But it just depends again if he can stay on the field. Uh, this game, a lot of running backs to talk about. Obviously, the Sean McCoy they're playing Thursday night against the New York Jets. Picked up a shoulder injury in this one. He had uh, over 100 yards in it himself, but the injury will be interesting to see his status for Thursday night. Carlos Williams, on the other hand, coming back from injuries, over 100 yards as well, and that's his sixth touchdown of the season. He's played six games, missed a couple with concussion injuries, but uh, he has a touchdown in every game he's played this season. And then, on the other hand, Lamar Miller, since... uh, since they got uh, Dan Campbell in their coordinator, at least he's trying to run the ball a little bit more, getting him involved in the passing game. And you know, Felbin at the start of the season, they just didn't seem to want to use Lamar Miller at all. I I got a lot of stock of him in the off season, and you know, I, I've been pleased with how they've been running things the last couple of weeks. But uh, the Miami Dolphins, as a whole, have to be disappointed with how their season is turning out. And the Buffalo Bills, I didn't think we'd be talking about them as a you know an, an offensive team that was keeping four or five pieces going in fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not, not many thought that, did they? And um, that that's one reason that I do have a lot of Sammy Watkins, even in redraft. Uh, it seems like every redraft team I did this year, I, I took him just because his, his, his price was so low. Um, as far as this week coming up, the Thursday game, I would think that LaShawn McCoy is an okay play if, if he plays. But if he doesn't, Carlos Williams becomes an even better play just by default that he doesn't have to compete with carries. If McCoy's playing, he and Williams will alternate carries more, more than likely. If, if McCoy doesn't play, it's going to be the Carlos Williams show. So that'll be fun to see uh, it, which way that plays out. And on the Jets side of the ball, it'll be fun to see what happens with those wide receivers. I mean, Marshall and Decker are playing great, and that passing game is pretty good. Even with Geno Smith, it was actually pretty good. And I've always been a kind of a Geno fan, and I think that uh, that even if he is is forced to play significant time, that I think that that offense will continue being good under. Uh, Chris Ivory and, and those two great wide receivers. Yeah, we'll bounce on to that game in a minute, but you just mentioned Williams as well. I think even if McCoy plays, I think the rest of the season Williams is going to get you know around 10 touches a game because of the way this offense is set up, and I think that he's definitely flex-worthy for the rest of the way. Uh, the Jets, on the other hand, you mentioned Derek, uh, Decker and Marshall. I think Eric Decker has been criminally underrated. He was in Denver, obviously had Peyton Manning, but since he's gone to the Jets, every game that he's been healthy, he has delivered. He's got six touchdowns in his last six games, one in each game. So there's a couple of players that have stats like that over the last couple of weeks. Alan Hearns on the other side of that game and the Jags, uh, he has a similar stat. 
But when you look at Marshall, he's doing it week in, week out. That trade with the Bears seems to be really good value for money for them at the moment. But uh, you mentioned Ivory. I have a good bit of Ivory on this season too. And over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been that impressive. I wrote down here that this game he uh, had 26 car- or 26 yards on 23 carries over the last four games. Or over the last two games, sorry, 84 yards on 55 carries, and that's averaging just 1.5 yards a carry. So he had two touchdowns in this, did save his fantasy value. Are you worried a little bit about him going forward? Obviously he's had hamstring injuries, but uh, as a player I own a lot of. I think he'll bounce back, but just a little bit worrisome. I think he will too, and it's fun to see when players uh, like Chris Ivory this past week get two touchdowns in a game in which they didn't pile up the yards that happened early in the season for DeMarco Murray because he wasn't being utilized correctly by Chip Kelly but he was getting those goal line touches so it saved his fantasy value which I think is is pretty beneficial for a guy going through a slump like Chris Ivory is I think moving forward Chris Ivory is going to be fine uh, I think that offense it just really opens up everything for for Ivory I think he's probably one of the top 15 to 18 running backs in the league maybe maybe even higher honestly I he, he's underrated and you mentioned it Decker uh, he's been he's been underrated his whole career even when he was with Peyton Manning I think he was underrated and then everybody thought he was a product of Peyton Manning and in played well last year with Geno Smith has played well this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick he's a guy that I love to have on every single fantasy team that I that I'm in um, as well this here game 28 to 23 for the New York Jets uh, you know I have to say that Blake Bortles didn't look good in this. A couple of bad fumbles for him. Uh, obviously, supporting two fantasy-relevant wide receivers and the two Allens, Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson. But over the the grand scheme of things, you know, we don't really care. If we're talking fantasy, we don't really care about reality. But uh, you know, for the Jaguars fans, obviously, people are kind of starting to big up Bortles a little bit. I think this year was probably his worst game of the season. But in the last three weeks, he hasn't looked good. Although he has been putting up stats, there has been a lot of mistakes in this game. So we'll see can he improve on the, in the coming weeks. Uh, really that's all I've done for the, the New York Jets game um, but next up we'll bounce on to the Steelers and we didn't mention them yet obviously Big Ben picking up an injury in this it looks like a foot sprain he says that he won't rule himself out of this coming week's game against the Cleveland Browns of course big divisional rivalry there but I guess this game's all about downtown Antonio Brown 17 targets or 17 catches rather for 284 yards um, your thoughts on Antonio Brown is there anything left to say about this game? <laughs> He's ridiculous, ain't he? he? He's he's another guy who's been underrated, and, and in this case, probably just purely because of height. Yeah. I mean, everybody wanted to. I, I was in some dynasty startups where Mike Evans was going before uh, Antonio Brown, where uh, Calvin, I mean, not that Calvin Johnson, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, but um, Antonio Brown's probably the best receiver in the game right now, and we knew this going into the season, but a lot of people predicted regression, I guess, because of height. I don't know if that's definitely the case. Um, but between he and Odell Beckham and Julio Jones, I mean, those are the top three receivers in the game. Yeah. Uh, moving over, you, you mentioned something about Big Ben playing maybe this week against Cleveland. I don't see that just because yeah, they have – they 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 can beat Cleveland without him, and they have a bye week coming up, so they can get him completely healthy and over the next three weeks by just not playing him in one game. So I, you know, I'd really like to see that. And there, supposedly there was some swelling in uh, D'Angelo Williams's foot this week. I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll play. And man, has he played played but great I'll, in yeah. Le'Veon Bell's absence, which is really sad that Le'Veon Bell's out. You want to see the best players in the league play, obviously, um, but. I, I am putting my foot in my mouth over D'Angelo Williams because I thought he was going to be ineffective for the Steelers altogether this year. And before Bell came back, he was effective. And then Bell's absence due to the injury, he's been effective. Um, obviously, Antonio Brown, you mentioned there, you know, comparing him to some of the other guys like Julio Jones. But I think pound for pound, him and Odell Beckham probably roughly same weight, but I think his height's a little bit shorter. So I think pound for pound, best receiver in the NFL. And just what he does weekly is phenomenal. I know when Big Ben wasn't in the lineup, he did suffer a bit. And we'll see if that happens in the next few weeks. But uh, if you have him in your lineup, I'd be keeping him for the rest of the season because when Ben comes back, yeah, you're in the playoffs at that stage. And I think they're going to put up yards because every time Big Ben plays, at least five receptions for him and then he puts up the yards as well so phenomenal game and he could have had more yards in this one there was one that was just slightly overthrown by Big Ben in the early in the yes. fourth quarter so we, we could have been over 300 yards which was like a what a 60 yarder yeah, I yeah. think so a, a great performance by him you mentioned D'Angelo Williams uh, over uh, the first two weeks of the season when Bell was out and this week he was a top five running back and this week leading the running backs in scoring 
the other thing with him as well. I heard a stat, and I just don't know the actual number of carries, but that he has played uh, started three games this season. He has more carries in those three games than Eddie Lacy has in the entire season. So things like that there, you know, they are using him, so we'll see his value going forward. He gets the Cleveland Browns this week, which is obviously really, really bad against the run so far this season, and uh, we'll see how he does there. But the Steelers, without Big Ben, I think, for the next week, and then you mentioned the bye week, it makes perfect sense to get him 100% healthy and then finish out the season with Big Ben rather than risk him this week. On the other side, this game was a fantasy bonanza. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers putting up 38 points, the Oakland Raiders putting up 35. Uh, Michael Crabtree, a player I had last season and obviously disappointed in uh, San Francisco, traded him off uh, in the offseason, but he's having quite a quite a season and not a lot of talk about him. Maybe from this week forward there'll be more, but when you have Amari Cooper on the other side and you have him, uh, he's putting up some really nice games, a uh, couple of games this season, over 100 yards, putting up touchdowns as well. And Amari Cooper in this probably having his worst game of the season. Uh, some mistakes, mental mistakes, but still finished with 88 yards and a touchdown for him. So the wide receiver core uh, looks healthy in Oakland at the moment. Yeah, and Derek Clare's playing amazing too. Uh, he's he's one of the top young quarterbacks in the game right now. Uh, as you mentioned, my, no, no, I did not as well. I I did not either. I uh, was pretty low on Carr coming into the season, so that's another one where I was wrong on. I actually traded uh, Derek Carr straight up for Blake Bortles before the season started, and I'm still optimistic that could end up working out, but it's certainly not right now. I mean, Carr looks great. Mari Cooper looks really good, too. As you mentioned, he had a few drops in this game. But overall, I, I really like what I see out of him that so far this season. And you mentioned that Michael Crabtree has been playing great. And it, if it wasn't for that concussion, uh, Latavius Murray was playing great as well. I mean, they really do have all the pieces right now. They have a young tight end and Clive Walford that's, that's playing well in their defense has some real players on there. I mean, they have Khalil Mack, and then on the other side, they have Alden Smith, who they basically got for free because he was going through um, uh, legal issues, which, I mean, you can't fault the 49ers for dropping him, but he's playing good for them as well. Charles Woodson gave up a few plays uh, deep, but uh, overall, for a 38-year-old safety, he's playing amazing. I mean, this team really has playoff staying power, and I'm, I'm surprised, I'm shocked, I can't believe that, but it's true. And Woodson and that's probably having one of his lower rated games this season. But you know, if you're going up against Antonio Brown, snap after snap, looking for those deep passes, it's going to be yeah, tough to exactly. cover him every single time. So uh, you'll see that with a lot of players against Antonio Brown this season. Don't worry about that. Uh, I mentioned that stat about Eddie Lacy a little bit ago. Obviously, he played against the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, a loss in this one for the Packers. The, the Panthers looking really strong, undefeated. That's 12 wins in a row now for the Panthers, going all the way back to the regular season last year. Lost in the playoffs against the Seahawks, but a phenomenal run here for the Panthers. Cam Newton uh, often does a Superman celebration. Is Cam Newton, in fact, really Superman? <laughs> he seems like it, right? There's there's a lot of fun narratives with Cam Newton this week. You had the the sign yeah. tear down that he tore down the Green Bay sign. You you had the uh, the the play that he scored on where you know he always he always yeah. goes and gives the ball to a little kid after he scores a touchdown, which is great. I love to see that. And then Julius Peppers comes and takes it away from him and throws it, which I also just think is funny. I mean, it's kind of stupid, but it's it's funny <laughs> at the same time. Um, he, no, you know what? He is playing great, and he's not a traditional quarterback. He's never going to be that. If, if you think that he's uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you're, you're incorrect. But that doesn't matter because he does other things well. He does it on his, on his feet. He, he scrambles to uh, create o- open passing lanes, and he's just huge, so it's hard to take him down. Um, so he's not the traditional type quarterback. I mean, he's not Michael Vick either. He's not like a speedster, but he's he's like Big Ben with wheels, basically. I mean, he can run over people if he has to. He's great in the goal line, and he, and that's just it's been a fun team to watch. If they really had some legitimate wide receivers and not Ted Ginn and Philly Brown, <laughs> then they would. I mean, the sky would be the limit because they're really only lacking skill position players right now. They're lacking wide receivers, and I mean. Jonathan Stewart isn't horrible, but he's he's definitely not Todd Gurley. He's not Adrian Peterson. So I mean, that that that's all they're lacking. And and but I really like this team long term. They they have a good core of defensive players, and the the the, the they have the guy at the helm to to take them as far as they need to. Right now, they they might be the best team in the NFC right now. Well, they definitely look very complete at the moment, obviously running the ball. They're playing football that you want to see in the playoffs where you're running the ball, you're playing good defense. So we'll see how they do going forward. You mentioned Cam Newton not being a pocket passer. I think this season, though, 
the way they're playing has definitely helped evolve his game because they're given you know getting the running game going with Stewart. I know you mentioned that he's not awful, but I think he's a lot better than not awful. I think he's another underrated player uh, in the league. I think he's running with a, a very physical style and not having I mentioned D'Angelo Williams earlier, not having the two of them in the one backfield is helping both of them this season. But when yes, you, that's yeah, a great point. Yeah, mm. when you look at uh, Cam, just some of the passes on the the play action. Uh, obviously, a lot of people talked about the one last week against the Colts. He done a play action pass and tries to go downfield to um, Stonehands. Uh, can't think of his Ted name. Ben. Yeah, Ted, Ted. and uh, you know drops an open touchdown pass. So he, he is progressing as a passer as well, and you know he is very hard to stop. Obviously, if he runs, he got his yards on the ground. I think my best trade I've ever done in Dynasty football was around uh, this time two years ago. I traded Cam Newton straight up for uh, Colin Kaepernick, and that's looking like a dream at the moment. So hopefully that one continues to progress well for me. But uh, you mentioned not. Do you mean the other way? Or the other way around? You mean you traded Colin Kaepernick for Cam Newton? Yeah, yeah, I got Cam. Okay. Sorry if I said it the wrong way, but. Um, the other one as well, uh, Devin Funch is playing a little better, bit better. I drafted him in two leagues this season, but I have Cam in both of those leagues, so I traded him away this week as well. But um, he had a good game here with three catches, one touchdown. But on the other hand, Eddie Lacy, I'm a Packers fan, so you mentioned about Cam Newton and the stuff he done this week. I have to say, I thought it, you know, it's something that he he's building his team and he's building an attitude for that team. So I have no problems with what he done tearing down the the poster and that. But uh, Eddie Lacy, uh, there's obviously legitimate concerns about how he's playing his groin injury after this game. This season, obviously taken very high in drafts and redraft, obviously thought off very highly in dynasty as well. James Starks is starting to uh, pick up a lot more carries than people would have expected at the start of the season. Are you legitimately concerned about Eddie Lacy going forward? Yeah, there, there's definitely reason to be concerned. I mean, he looks out of shape, too, which, I mean, he kind of always has. Yeah. But, I mean, he looks even more so out of shape now because he's not actually uh, contributing to the team. And, and James Starks has looked okay. And James Starks has always been kind of underrated as well. And, and a guy that, if you were a Eddie Lacy owner, you probably wanted to, to, to have Starks kind of handcuffed to Lacy because... Uh, he, he he can he can do well in Lacey's absence, and it seems like he might have to now because I I really don't know what to think of Lacey. He's either really hurt, really out of shape, or both. Yeah, uh, obviously going forward, I'm concerned as a Packers fan, but he might bounce back come the playoff time. But the injury is definitely lingering. I think the best case scenario for Lacey owners is that he sits this coming week and tries to get a little bit more healthy because week after week there's another injury, there's something coming up and he hasn't been healthy all season. So maybe it's down to the health. Then you obviously mentioned about uh, being out of shape. Well, obviously if he's not healthy, it's going to be hard for him to train as much as he should. So maybe that's all part of it. But we'll see going forward. The Packers face the Lions at home in Lambeau this uh, week. They obviously have a sensational record at Lambeau Field. So two losses in a row, uh, the first time since 2010 for Aaron Rodgers hopefully they can bounce back this week at home against the Lions, the Panthers are at the Titans, that's going to be an interesting one to watch obviously, uh, we'll just bounce on to the Titans now, obviously they got an overtime win against the, the New Orleans Saints this week, Marcus Mariota having a nice game here, it was a, a game that I don't think many people picked the Titans to win after firing their coach at the start of the week, then Mike Malarkey comes in and the team gets a win in overtime, Delaney Walker with a phenomenal game here uh, one of the most spectacular plays I would say of the season and something that happened three times that he caught in this game deflected balls did, what did you make of that first touchdown by Delaney Walker, a, a 61 yard touchdown which could have been intercepted by two different Saints defenders Yeah, that, well that's the funny part about it is because if there was only one defender there to yeah, intercept it it probably would have been intercepted yeah. the fact that it was such a poorly poor, poor decision by Marcus Mariota to throw it where two Saints were that's what made it a touchdown. So that, that was pretty interesting. Delaney Walker is uh, is is having a, a kind of a quiet but pretty awesome year for a thirty one year old tight end. And and Marcus Mariota, I think he's progressing pretty well. I said before the season started that he would be the better rookie quarterback coming out this season uh, between him and Jameis, and uh, it, it, both are playing pretty well. So it, uh, I don't know if I can claim victory or 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 say that I was wrong because they're both playing pretty well, but. I've, li- I've liked how he's progressed. I'm curious to see what coach they bring in during the offseason because he certainly, I think, the sky's the limit with the talent with Mariota. Um, but I've, I've liked what I've seen so far, and he definitely has some good surrounding cast to throw to. I mean, you've got Doriel Green-Beckham, who hopefully can progress along with him. you got Kendall Wright coming back from injury hopefully soon. Justin Hunter actually kind of looked okay in this game, which is weird to say. <laughs> um, and then they have uh, some running backs I'll just leave it yeah, at that. They, they, they have some running backs. Right. Nothing else. To I mean, say they were that. at least drafted highly, right? <laughs> um, obviously, in this game as well, you mentioned Dariel Greenbeck, and I think he had 10 targets in this game, which is a vast 
improvement on what he's been getting over the season. He's obviously more of a red zone target, but at the moment, uh, obviously getting more infiltrated in the offense. There had been some reports that he was struggling to pick up the offense, so good to see him getting some more snaps. Obviously, has all the physical traits there, but like another man with all the physical traits you mentioned there is Justin Hunter, so we'll see if they can get it together, but I think with uh, the pieces there, I kind of vouch for them on a few shows I've been on recently, and I was kind of shot down, but I think they have some pieces there. The biggest key in this game that I felt was the pass protection was significantly better for Mariota. You have to protect that asset at the quarterback position and was much better this week and the only thing you know we talked about that there Delaney Walker touchdown uh, there was a couple other ones that were tipped as well that Delaney Walker actually caught in this game but when you look at it those could have been interceptions then we have a, a hugely different opinion of how the game went but uh, on the side, the Snaints, Saints side of the ball I was going to call them the Snaints I was thinking about Willie Sneed uh, impressed with how he's gone this season he's a player as well that I've picked up in a few leagues recently uh, uh, have you been impressed with him do you think it's a you know kind of flash in the pan or do you think as a rookie he, he can be here for the long term Willie Sneed that is yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely impressed. I mean, up until maybe this past week, maybe the past two weeks, he's been undoubtedly the best wide receiver on the Saints. Um, he, he's obviously been more efficient. He's been getting less targets and catching more balls with less targets than Brandon Cooks. And um, But Brandon Cooks did have a big game, and he's, yeah. shown, he, he's shown what um, what what the Saints believed in him and what a lot of fantasy owners believed in him. I was never a big Brandon Cooks guy, just given his price. I thought he was a pretty good wide receiver. I thought his price kind of got out of control, especially in, in dynasty fantasy circles. Yeah. Um, and even more impressive, I think, on that team is is Mark Ingram. He looks like a legit mm-hmm. yeah. NFL running back. And there was there were years where we thought he was just a three and a half yards per carry guy. And he is a legit fantasy. I mean, I, people at the, the the rankers at DLF. I mean, he's been skyrocketing up everybody's board, and for good reason. I think he's a legitimate work work bass back in that system. Yeah, you mentioned him. Obviously, uh, you know the thing earlier we talked as well about Chris Ivory and his struggles. But when any player struggles at this time of the season, you're looking at uh, who's getting the carries, who's getting the workload, and those two guys are definitely going to continue to get the uh, goal line carries. Ingram had two goal line carries in this, but was stopped twice, and then Drew Brees' quarterback sneaked it in, so that there could add it again to his fantasy value, so we'll see bouncing forward. Uh, A couple of games left just to run through, and uh, a game that's not going to take much time, I'm sure, to talk about the 49ers picking up a shock victory this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Not really a lot to say about the 49ers. They got the win here, but I'm not sure where this team is going moving forward. But the Atlanta Falcons... Julio Jones gets his uh, Tammy stepping up at the tight end position with Hankerson out, Roddy White not doing much. Devontae Freeman not getting much on the ground in this one, got some through the air. And uh, when you look at this game, the one thing over the last couple of weeks I've been wondering is, uh, obviously I like Matt Ryan as an actual quarterback. Fantasy-wise, is he somebody that's dropping down your board? That I, I, <laughs> I think you put it pretty well there. Uh, Fantasy-wise, at least in the short term, yes, he is dropping down my board. Um, in Dynasty, I like to rank quarterbacks kind of on how I believe that they – for instance, in Matt Ryan's case, I think he's a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to be in the league for a long time. So I'm going to rank him a little bit higher because the fantasy points will come, I believe, as they get – maybe a legit number one tight end. I mean, Tammy's been playing well, don't get me wrong, but if they get you know somebody worthwhile and, 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 a, and a legitimate wide receiver too, because Roddy White, for whatever reason, isn't getting the targets. He might not be long for this league. Yeah. And Leonard Hankerson has been playing pretty well, but he's been struggling with drops as well. Um, as far as Devonta Freeman goes, he's another example, uh, which you know we, we mentioned with uh, DeMarco Murray and with, um, who was the other running back we mentioned, that is uh, that that can put up fantasy points even when, when they're struggling on the yeah, ground? Uh, Ivory, Ivory, yes, of course. So uh, it, that was, and, and that's great for fantasy owners. It's great to see when you get a, a running back like De, uh, Devonta Freeman that he can, even when he's not having a productive day as a running back, he still has a productive day fantasy wise, and that's why he's my running back three in dynasty right now behind Gurley and Bell. I mean, I don't really know who else you would have up there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, them th- those two teams going on by this week. Uh, maybe it gives the Falcons time to get things sorted out. They, you know, they have a good record this season, but they just are such a kind of paper tiger at the moment. I, I have thought they were a lot better than they were over the last few weeks. And the last couple of games have just really lowered my opinion of them going forward. 
Uh, the Indianapolis Colts get a win as well. Another bit of a shock here against the, the Broncos. The Broncos really shutting down the Packers the week before and Andrew Luck and the Colts getting the win in this one. And it was uh, a bit easier than most people were expecting it to be. Uh, obviously, there was a kick return at the end of the first half. Made it look a lot closer. The, the Colts winning this by seven points. Some uh, mental mistakes in this by the, the Broncos. A uh, few fantasy-relevant players in this, obviously, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders picking up that long touchdown. The, the running back situation still up in the air Peyton Manning, it's hard to know from pass to pass what you're getting there, uh, the Colts on the other hand Frank Gore has been uh, one of the surprises I think over the past few weeks for the Colts although the team wasn't playing that well I think he, he's been looking quite good as a running back are you surprised at how Gore's looked so far this season? I have, yes, I, I thought Frank Gore was going to be on his last legs I mean, look, I, it's a touchy subject when you say that running backs just fall off at a certain age but I mean it's true at some point right and Frank Gore's I believe 32 and he it, it's just not likely that these things happen so uh, I'm not going to bet on things that aren't likely but yeah he's, he's played pretty well and especially given the fact that that offense has struggled so much it's it's a surprise for sure um, you mentioned the, the the Broncos wide receivers you know what I find really amazing is how much more efficient Emmanuel Sanders has been with his targets than Demarius Thomas, yeah. not just this year, but last year as well. I mean, he's been the better the better wide receiver efficiency-wise. Now, yeah. Demarius Thomas is getting some more targets, but who would have predicted that two years ago? Exactly. Who would have predicted who would have predicted, predicted that at the beginning of this year? Um, but Emmanuel Sanders is somebody that I was targeting everywhere in, um, in all formats, so um, which which has worked to my advantage so far this year. Yeah, he's uh, obviously he's been the key to go to guy as well on third down a lot for the the Patri- or for the for the Patriots, for the Col- or for the Broncos. So that obviously shows Pitt and Manning has a lot of faith in him that way as well. Um, I mentioned Gore, Andrew Luck obviously picking up an injury in this, a lacerated kidney, out two to six weeks. They are on a bye, so it might give them a little bit of time to get healthy, uh, but he's still likely to miss a couple of games after that. Hasn't suffered the same fate as Keenan Allen having to go on injured reserve, but uh, we'll see how long it takes him to get back on the field. He's taken a lot of hits this season, getting really beaten up. T.Y. Hilton played in this. I didn't think he was going to play. Sat him in a lot of leagues, but uh, he looked quite effective as well with the bye week. That foot injury should get a little bit more healthy as well. Uh, Giants Buccaneers we mentioned Mike Evans drops earlier suppose not much more to talk about on that side but Odell Beckham you mentioned him earlier he's your uh, number one overall uh, uh, wide receiver in Dynasty is that still the case going forward after you update your rankings this Friday? Oh yeah absolutely I mean he's I, I think he's the, the, maybe the best wide receiver I mean he obviously has to contend with Julio and, yeah. and Antonio Brown for that for that but I mean he's he's younger and uh I, I mean that matters in, in in dynasty obviously um Antonio Brown I believe is 27 which is not old by any means but um in three four years you'll be looking towards the decline while you'll be looking at OBJ going into his prime so that that's the only difference for me I mean it's very close if somebody wanted to rank uh, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones higher I wouldn't argue with them they're all three up in that top tier for me but yeah, I would prefer Julio Jones. I actually just did a trade in a league in which I'm uh, competing in uh, with another team that is competing in which I sent Julio Jones and got OBJ just straight up. So, okay. yeah, I put my money where my mouth is on yeah. that one. That's pretty pretty fair. It's hard. You can argue either way which way you want to go on that, and really it comes down to personal preference. But having either of those two guys pretty helpful at the wide receiver position. Uh, JPP back for the uh, Giants in this one. He played 75% of their snaps. I was surprised at, uh, as to how effective he was over those snaps we'll see how he does going forward obviously with that hand injury and you know mentioning the Giants when he got his hand basically part of it blowing off on uh, in July you, you would obviously thought that Victor Cruz would be back in the league before him so I think long term uh, we might never see Victor Cruz at any level of uh, you know effectiveness we might, mightn't even see him back on the NFL field again after that patella tendon injury so we'll see what happens with that uh, next up the, Dal- or the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles Obviously, you're a very big on DeMarco Murray in the offseason. Ryan Matthews, a player that, you know, I think Matthews probably looks a better fit in this offense, but Murray's still getting the yards, and the both of them are being effective as uh, fantasy producers. But still, are you as high on uh, DeMarco as you were this offseason? Yeah, from a talent standpoint, I am. And I know that you're certainly not in uh, in the minority by thinking that Ryan Matthews looks like the better fit, but I just still don't. I, I think that the way that they're being used is vastly different. I see Ryan Matthews being used as a traditional type running back. I see DeMarco Murray being used on jet sweeps yeah, and uh, out of the backfield. Yeah, and I, I just don't get it. I, I want to see DeMarco Murray be used the way that he was used last year, the way that he was effective in being a, an effective running back. 
Um, so I, I know I know I'm quickly in the minority on this one. Everybody thinks Ryan Matthews is the better fit. I just don't see it. I think they need to to feed DeMarco Murray the ball. He's been more effective as of late, uh, and and that's the way that their offense needs to go. I I didn't understand Ryan Matthews signing right after DeMarco Murray anyway. Um, I mean, from a real football standpoint, it's working out, I guess, because they insist on using DeMarco Murray as a scat back, yeah. uh, which I think is just asinine. Um, but I just let's start a campaign to just get DeMarco Murray the ball up the middle for once. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, some of the decisions obviously signing the two of them. Well, Chip Kelly became the GM this offseason, and so far there's a lot of things you could question about that. We'll see how they end up at the end of the season, but some questionable decisions made in general. Uh, on the other side, Des Bryant back from that injury and had a nice game here, over 100 yards for the first time this season, and, you know, uh, had a kind of a Hail Mary touchdown catch in this one, a, an impressive catch, uh, obviously showing how athletic he is. Um, and on the other side, Darren McFadden has surprised me this season having a lot better year than I thought he would. The other last question in this game, uh, Cole Beasley over 100 yards, anything to see here? I'm uh, Well, I'm surprised that Darren McFadden's getting 100% of the touches. Well, pretty much. I mean, uh, Kristen Michael's not getting any, and I and some guy that they took off the street uh, got a couple, I believe, Whitehead. Yeah. So, uh, lucky I mean, the, yeah, lucky Whitehead, yeah. I mean, go figure. Um, when... Now, the Kristen Michael truthers who thought that, well, he wasn't only getting carries because Marshawn Lynch was in town. Well, also Robert Turbin got carries over him. And then he went to Dallas while he was going to be the starter. Well, now it took Lance Dunbar going down and Joseph Randall going out of control. And and, and now it's just Darren McFadden. Well, if if he can just beat out Darren McFadden, well, no, because Lucky Whitehead is getting touches over him. So we need to put the Kristen Michael debate to bed. I mean, it's over. He's he's not a good NFL running back. Yeah, a couple of... a couple of weeks back, I had a discussion. I was trying to get you know do a trade. I was looking for a wide receiver, and I have I have one of the teams. I have a lot of they're older backs, but I have Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, uh, Chris Johnson. They're all going well at this time. I have Carlos Williams as well. So I have some younger pieces in Giovanni Bernard, and I offered players like uh, you know I was offering like the likes of Lynch and the likes of Gore, and I kept getting this player had uh, obviously has Christine Michael, and who just went to the Cowboys this, that week, and he was like, no, I think I'm fine. I'm set at running back. I'm going to see how Christine Michael is. Well. You know, things like that there. Some people just get caught up in the, the talk. It's all about what people produce on the field. And, you know, that's why, you know, last year we seen the rookie class and how effective the wide receivers were. This year everyone thought, on oh, the rookie picks at wide receiver, we're just going to pick whoever we want. And we're going to have phenomenal players in, uh, you know, redraft and fantasy and dynasty as well. So that's not the way it works. You have to produce on the field. And I think, as you mentioned, it's time to put this discussion to bed. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned like the with the rookie wide receivers. We had an, a historic year yeah, yeah. for rookie wide receivers last year. That doesn't mean that was going to happen again this year. Now, a lot of that has to do with injuries with Kevin White and Rashad Perriman and and Philip Dorsett. But I mean, even some of the guys that that were selected in the first round, uh, Devonta Parker, um, Nelson Aguilar, aren't hurt, and they're they're not producing either. At least they, I mean, I think they're dealing both dealing with some nagging injuries, but they weren't producing when they were healthy anyway. Um, so the whole rookie movement in Dynasty, and hey, I'm the first to say youth is very important in Dynasty, um, but it, it definitely gets overrated by by some facets of people. Definitely, definitely have to agree there. Just two games to bounce through here before we finish up. A lot of young pieces in this one, and it was the uh, the, the Rams against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota getting the win in this one. There was a, obviously a late hit in this one on Teddy Bridgewater, knocked him out uh, unconscious on the field. He has that concussion injury. The Vikings think he's going to be able to play this coming week, but there was some interesting comments made after the game, you know, about the, the defensive coordinator off the Rams and so on. So it was definitely a late hit, whether it was intentional or not remains to be seen, but I, I, I think it definitely was a dirty one. Uh, on the other side, Todd Gurley had a touchdown in this, but was kept quiet the majority of the game. And uh, again, I guess this game's, we'll just talk about how great kickers are and how much we love kickers in fantasy football, because <laughs> this was really one for the kickers with uh, Blair, Watch, Blair Walsh and Greg Zerlain uh, having two big games here, probably the top fantasy scorers in this game I haven't checked it up but I'd imagine very close to it they were both pretty high up there uh, two <laughs> two guys that I like to use in DFS a lot yeah um, yeah as far as Teddy goes man that sucks about him getting the concussion the the guy the guy who hit him uh, supposedly he and Teddy have been friends yeah, or at least their there. parents are friends so I don't know who who knows but it, it seemed it, he also got hit low a few plays before mm-hmm. that uh, so who knows um, Teddy's one of my favorite players to watch. I think that he's progressing well. I think that he has a bright future in this league. Um, and you mentioned Todd Gurley. Um, yeah, a relatively quiet game for Todd Gurley, but I still think he's probably the best running back in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously the best running back 
for uh, dynasty purposes. Uh, and he won't be he, he won't be quiet in, in games going forward. I can guarantee that. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings defense is you know it's not been talked about a lot, but it is very effective in slowing down the yep. run and uh, and the pass game. So, you know, this year is going to be one of his tougher opponents this season. We'll see how he goes going forward. Obviously, they have teams like the Seahawks not to play as well, but I think uh, he's going to continue to be highly effective. Last game of the week, and it is the Chargers, the Bears. The Chargers losing again to the Bears in this one, give up uh, a fourth quarter lead. Chargers have been actually in contention for most of these games they lost, and they've thrown away a couple of them in the late in the fourth quarter. So, really, in this here, Danny Woodhead was effective. The wide receiver position still up in the air. Floyd picks up an injury in this one. Uh, then for the Bears, we have Jay Cutler, Jeffrey uh, Langford come in in replacement of Frank Gore, and then of course Bennett as well. So your usual suspects for the Bears plus Langford coming in and replacing Frank Gore. Anything else really that you you thought about this game? Yeah, Langford replaced uh, Matt Forte. You or, mean. Matt um, Forte? Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no biggie. Uh, and and Langford looked good as well. He had that one catch that looked amazing. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is legitimately one of the best wide receivers in the yeah, game right now. Definitely. Um, and he just he looks amazing. It took him a little bit of time to get healthy, but since he's been back on the field, he's been I think either the most productive wide receiver or right behind DeAndre Hopkins. And obviously Hopkins is doing it with a with a ton of targets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have some young pieces there. I mean we're, we. I haven't even mentioned Kevin White. I mean, when he comes back, if they can franchise Jeffrey or get him to a contract, uh, it's going to be Jeffrey and maybe Langford and and uh, Kevin White moving forward. Obviously, with Martellus Bennett still there, so they have some good pieces on offense. And quietly, Jay Cutler isn't playing as bad as yeah. as probably most would have it's thought. Been a lot he better. Been. Yeah, I mean, he had that one interception, the the pick six early in the game, which kind of look like Alshon Jeffrey didn't get to his spot right away so who knows exactly whose who's problem that was and, and moving to the other side of the ball quietly enough Danny Woodhead is the PPR RB3 right now <laughs> I mean this guy I think he's the standard RB5 yeah. so this is just amazing nobody watching as well no and he's just producing yeah. and Melvin Gordon is not somebody that a lot of people got a lot of hopes for uh, early in the off season or, or, or early in the season, and he's just not playing well. I mean, there's a reason that that Melvin Gordon went above him. Some, or I'm sorry, that Todd Gurley went above him. Melvin Gordon is just not the not the player, at least so far, that some hoped. Um, and and Rivers is struggling. I mean, he's putting up fantasy stats because they're throwing a lot, but he's struggling without uh, without Keenan Allen in the game um, for just from an efficiency standpoint. He's still a great fantasy player. Um, so, and then it looks like their season's down the drain at two and seven. Yeah, it is, and uh, the coaching staff. Not I've been questioning it for four or five weeks, but I think there's a legitimate chance that we see coaching changes there because it's just not been good. The offensive line as well has been the major issue. I've said the whole season long. So we'll see how they do. Obviously, they're missing Keenan Allen. Uh, on the other side, Cutler's been playing much much better this season. Uh, you know the entire season and fantasy wise he missed a couple of games but actually the game that he got hurt in and the game that he missed I think he's up around the 20 point mark in every single game this season so definitely a, an option there for people playing uh, fantasy or DFS if you're trying to load him in there you mentioned Jeffrey as well he had a nice game here but didn't get a touchdown stopped uh, once at the one yard line I think and once at the five yard line so uh, he's a player that I'm hopefully before this podcast uh, is released I can try and get some movement <laughs> on I've, been, I've heard you send it a few times on the, the DLF podcast I've, I'm trying to make a move here for Jeffrey this morning so trying to get it pushed through and see if we can get things to happen but uh, hopefully if they so if this show comes out late uh, yeah, you know yeah. everybody knows why yeah delay it until uh, the, I can get this trade through so we'll see what we can do with Alshon Jeffrey but phenomenal wide receiver and obviously they let Marshall go with the with White coming in so they obviously expect big things from the two of them we'll see if they can get a contract done but as always uh, it's been a lot of fun Carl talking with you talking fantasy football anything that you want to give a plug uh, before you finish up obviously dynastyleaguefootball.com you can find all your rankings and that there anything else uh, you want to go plug the Twitter? Yeah, and you mentioned the podcast. We do one every week. Um, I'm I'm actually not on this week. Um, I took the week off and jumped on with you on my, on my <laughs> night off. So, uh, but still, listen to it. Uh, you can find it on Stitcher, on iTunes, wherever you download um, music from, or wherever you download podcasts. It's the DLF Dynasty podcast, and we just anybody who's into Dynasty fantasy football, we 
give strategies and, and talk about the players and the, and the news and how it affects uh, dynasty players and and uh, we put one out every week. Usually we do it on Tuesday nights. Usually it's out Wednesday mornings, Wednesday afternoons. So yeah, go check it out. Yeah, it's always very good. Get great information there. And of course, there's a lot of people probably listening that don't play dynasty league or dynasty league football, but dynasty football, and uh, always gives you the opportunity to find out more about it. If you go back through their ranking or back through their episodes, there's some of kind of 101s about starting up dynasties and how you go about that. So definitely something that I've been in the last few years and adds uh, an element because there is no off season when it comes to dynasty football. So always a lot of fun but uh, just before I finish I didn't mention your Twitter card it's at card Safchik it's S-A-F-C-H-I-K so uh, give them a follow on there as well bump up the followers for a card and uh, thanks as always for coming on hopefully we'll do it again soon thanks a lot Holm thanks for having me Hi I'm Delaney Walker tight end for the Tennessee Titans and you listen to Overtime Ireland so a little bit of fun there with Karen talking all things fantasy football, but we did mention Delaney Walker having a very underrated season, quietly going about his business. He did really rack up the points for fantasy players this week with a phenomenal game. I mentioned that kind of quite lucky, very, very lucky, in fact, uh, touchdown grab of the two kind of deflected passes to the two Saints defenders. He didn't care, catches the ball, takes it the distance, and just there uh, for the outro with a little bit there with Card, we have Delaney Walker welcoming you and telling you you're listening to the Overtime Ireland Football Podcast. So we had him on this past offseason, a lot of fun talking with him. Maybe we'll get him on sometime again in the future. It was a lot of fun having him on the show or back in the in the preseason, as I mentioned. I know we have a bit of a crossover here from the uh, Aussie Guys NFL podcast as well. I'm here, obviously, in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, we've been trying for a few weeks to get involved with them and get onto the, their show. They've been we've been trying to negotiate it unfortunately things haven't worked out up until this past week when uh, i went on to help them preview week nine we actually previewed some of the rest of the season It was more of a rest of season show when we picked our uh, we drafted three teams uh, with a quarterback two running backs two wide receivers a tight end for the rest of the season so we're going to keep tabs on how those things how those teams go my team didn't do all that well this season this week because uh, i picked Dion lewis as one of my running backs so obviously we talked about him earlier in the show that didn't work out there and we'll see how the rest of the team's going forward i'm gonna to have to figure out off them can i get uh, can i get somebody added into the squad can i go on the waiver wire in this made-up three-man league and see how it goes but i talked to them uh, it was a lot of fun went into the studio with them down to the man cave talked all the kind of games last week some of our thoughts you can go back and listen to it i'm sure there's still some pieces that will be useful for you for the rest of the season whether you're making that playoff push or whether you're just trying to sneak your way into the playoffs and obviously talking fantasy football with car we talk dynasty league football obviously check out dynastyleaguefootball.com that's the site he's on all the rankings up there of him and all the other site writers uh, all, obviously great information there for anyone playing dynasty football as well and if you haven't tried dynasty and you think you have what it takes for regular fantasy football get involved because uh, it adds a whole new element to it trying to draft players in the offseason you keep all your players throughout the year uh, and through the offseason and really keep them for good unless you trade them away whether it be for picks or what it be for other players so it's a lot a lot of fun and keeps you really on your toes keeping up to date with all the rosters throughout the offseason preseason cuts everything going on so it's a lot of fun so do check that out and card again on twitter is at card soft check as i mentioned well worth a follow so it seems about every time I record this show, I'm about to hit the gym, but uh, off to the gym again. So hopefully it's having some effect, hopefully getting a little bit stronger and uh, looking a little bit better. But we'll see. We'll see uh, wh- how that works. And uh, so obviously coming into the summer here in Australia, so get the get the old body ready for the summer. Should be uh, should be the next goal. So we'll see uh, how things go in the gym for myself. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, whether you're in the gym, whether you're commuting, what you're doing, maybe you're doing the housework, whatever it is. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Hopefully you'll come back to the next one. Hit subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to on keep spreading the word on social media as a lot of people have been doing we thank you graciously for your continued support obviously doing this just as uh you know as an independent just doing it by myself it's obviously great to get continued support from the loyal listeners that we have at overtime ireland so um obviously i think you know we usually when i'm at home we'd be giving out more t-shirts and so on so i think this week uh, sunday i think we're going to give out a, a t-shirt on the next show for whoever can spread the word the best on social media this weekend but stay tuned to the overtime ireland twitter feed that is at overtime ireland for more information on that going to give out some goodies in the next a few weeks for your support which has been incredible over the last couple of months so please do keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland and thank you for doing so I mentioned the Aussie Guys NFL podcast I didn't tell you where to listen to it obviously you can get them on Twitter at Aussie Guys NFL or you can go to their website AussieGuysNFL.com check them out listen to that show that I was on and uh, they always have lots of fun shows and hopefully I'll get on with them before I head back to Ireland which is still quite some time away so until I'm back with the preview show later in the week, stay tuned as always to at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Check out OvertimeIreland.com. Keep spreading the word. Download mobile devices. And of, all, and of course, as always, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. 
please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.